0: All right, uh, welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live. I'm Nathan Van Koops, I'm your host, and today I'm very excited to bring you another interview with uh, repeat guest H. Claire Taylor. Claire, thank you so much for taking time to be back on the show.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm your most loyal guest. I just need that to be <laughs> pointed out.
0: You're you're currently in a competition now. I had Chris back once, so now you're mm-hmm. you're tied for first place for most repeat oh, guests. You know? Chris, I know. Not that Chris He's always everywhere. So hot I right know. now. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Claire, so mm-hmm. we previously had you on um, a couple months back, and then I actually got to go meet you in person after that. I got to actually meet you in Chicago and have mm-hmm. Wild and Wondrous Times at the Summer Book Show. Yeah. Summit. And then now we get to talk some more, so this is fantastic, and um, I'm really excited about it.
1: Me too. Yeah.
0: Um, For what it's worth. <laughs> Last time we talked about the fact that you're hilarious and you write funny books mm-hmm. and um, we covered mm-hmm. some humor, but that is not all you're capable of. It seems like you have many other skills. And, um, I do. I
1: have many coping skills.
0: So. <laughs> Besides humor, you also... Um, w- one of the things that I was excited to talk to you about was that you have some experience with editing and also like story structure And one of the things I've been really hoping to do with this uh, show is kind of reveal some of these other elements that go into um, the creation of a book. So um, could you tell people a little bit about um, some of the background you've had in helping other people with their stories?
1: Yeah, um, so I did a lot of editing sort of freelance for a little side cash in college. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that... um, I worked at a like as an in-house editor at a publishing company, okay. and it was like a romance publishing company. This was kind of like in the still the wild West days of indie. so
0: okay.
1: people who didn't want to learn the process were paying this company to basically self publish for them um, and okay. do all the editing and stuff. Um, so they're not very selective. So we had all broad range of, of levels of literacy. Okay. And um, so, and it was very, very high volume, um, quick turnaround stuff. It was eight to five, five days a week. Um, oh, wow.
0: Okay. Yes. Come so
1: I did that for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half. And uh, it was a really good trial by fire. Okay. I, I mean, you have to get all your language skills down as quickly as possible, you know, because those little things where you're like, oh, wait, is it lay or lie? And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I still have my Post-it notes that I just keep there as reference. Yeah. But, you you know, you you get it down to a science, almost, of being able to pick out the the flaws and, mm-hmm. you know, the things that need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did some content editing there and some copy editing there. Uh, it okay. was just kind of like whichever one came through that they thought were a good match for. So I had some, certain editors that were you know, they got me and then they kept requesting me. So I would get put on their projects and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so that was the main, uh, that was the main, like education. I would say it was, education. was it an education. It was an education a lot of things, uh, just the nature of it being erotic romance and, well, uh, lots of Googling, of uh, fact checking. Yeah. I learned a lot about my body in that job. <laughs> um, and then, uh, After that, I worked with a you know I was in a really small critique group for a while, which taught me more about the story and um, being able to communicate what is missing in a story. Because that's really the Mm. the crux of being a good editor is being able to communicate Mm. um, and being able to communicate the issue in a very positive way. Okay. Um, So now I feel like as with all the editing experience, I can tell someone that they're wrong in a very nice way that will make them feel very good about improving it
0: that uh, is a very important skill and that's it
1: is, yes uh, as long as i don't you know get frustrated and lose my own head i can pretty much say anything diplomatically now
0: because it's tough uh, i mean it's it's your baby these authors especially new authors starting out like you've spent so much time so much effort uh crafting this story mm-hmm. and uh, sinking your heart and soul and blood sweat and tears into this and then to hand it to someone and say, Is this good? And then Tell have me how them...
1: this is bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then they have to, you know, crush your hopes and dreams in hopefully a constructive yeah. way. That's gotta be really hard.
1: Right. And that's the nature of the relationship. Yeah. Is that you're handing it off to someone who is their job is to to make it not suck so bad. Yeah. You know, and, and you're already in a place and obviously from an editing standpoint, you say, We're going to really find the strengths and build upon those, yeah. you know, rather than like, you really just need to go back to the drawing board, you know? So it it's just a very adversarial relationship that mm-hmm. it's the editor's job, really, to uh, turn into a friendship yeah, and a, and a very intimate friendship because you see all of their mistakes, you see all of their errors, you know, yeah. you're like, wow, they really don't know the difference between these two words. You know, you know all these dark things that authors don't yeah. want others to know. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's just the nature of the English language. Like, it's just a difficult language. You're never oh, going gotcha. to get it right.
0: Yeah. Every, um, every time I write a book, I learn new things that I was doing wrong or didn't know.
1: So, right. Especially figures of speech. Oh,
0: gosh, gotcha. yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually, one of the things that always made me laugh was people could never get the deer in the headlights like that phrase they mm. look like a deer in the headlights mm-hmm. it was always like an elk in the head beans or something you know and I, was just like, <laughs> no, I didn't know this was such a difficult so close phrase. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh one of these days yeah um, yeah i would have had to retire at that point if someone yeah. got it right so i'm what? glad no one did
0: one of the things you mentioned, you kind of when you are talking about your experience, is you, you mentioned a few different terms like um, critique group, versus also like copy editing, um, mm-hmm. things like that. Could you, for the, for people who are just starting out and who maybe haven't got any experience in the editing realm yet, or maybe they're still working on their first manuscript and haven't handed it off, could you kind of explain what the different types of editing are, just briefly, so that you can, you know, people have an understanding? Because it's not all not, editing is not just one one. can you explain the different parts right and
1: there's different people use different like break these phases up different ways Mm. Um, so if someone's like it has to go a b c d they no. it like you can figure out how you want your editor like what you want your editor to be in charge of Mm. Um, so some people you know like the definition of copy editing is pretty much line editing but there's like slight differences so if you have never done the editing process before I would say, when you are hiring an editor, ask them to be very clear about what they are and are not going to be looking for. Okay. That being said, there's sort of the story stage that you want, um, especially if you're new. You think your story makes a lot of sense. You think it's very compelling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe it is. Maybe you just are naturally good at this. But probably there are some holes that need to be filled, and you know, to create a, a nice flow and and to make sure that you maintain tension throughout, and people don't want to put the book down ever look back. Yeah. Um, so that would be content. Editing is what we used to call it um, in-house. It's also called like a developmental edit. Mm-hmm. Um, a critique group is gonna be looking more at the story structure. So if you just get like a few friends together and look at each other's stories, like everyone knows a good story when you see it, mm-hmm. you know? It, it pulls you in. So everyone's experiencing good stories all the time. So even if your critique group is inexperienced, overall. You're going to have people who have, who, who read it and go, oh, this kind of reminded me of this movie that mm-hmm. was really good. Mm-hmm. And then you can have that interplay to like really break down why that movie resonated, why your story isn't quite hitting it, you know, and just be able to kind of figure it out yourself. Like you do have tools. It's just about articulating those tools. Yeah. Um, so critique group, I would say everyone who's a beginner should find one, which is easier said than done. Um, Because some critique groups are just
0: jerks.
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean, really, like if you go to a critique group and you leave and you just want to like give it up and, you know, I mean, that's going to it's going to hurt the Mm -hmm. first time you get that feedback. But if you're like, wow, I don't think they even like me, Mm -hmm. then like go to a different critique group, you know, (laughs) because some people just do this and they just like the critiquing because it gives them an opportunity to tear you down. Mm -hmm. Um, So once you can find a good critique group, stick with that. Mm. Um, and then, I think once you get those main problems out of the way, you're gonna be much better prepared to send it to a developmental editor. Um, Cause you don't wanna waste your money if it's like basic stuff that you just missed. And they're, yeah. they, you know, developmental editors are best when they don't have to get the weeds of like, okay, this scene to this scene is just not consistent. Like the character is wearing armor in this scene and the scene they're in a tutu. Like, you, you know, like, if yeah. you get your developmental editor stuck in that kind of basic stuff, you're really gonna miss out on letting them do what they do best, which is get into the story and say,
0: yeah,
1: this is good. Your, your antagonist is a little flat and it doesn't quite play off your protagonist. you know mm-hmm. and like these little things that will build this tension and make people keep turning the page, that's what your developmental editor is for. They're for uh, finding helping you find the themes. Mm -hmm. that you may have missed. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Helping you get your story to a point where, you know, a good story, like a good movie when you're watching it, I don't know if this is just my nerdiness, but you can kind of figure out like, I'm maybe like five minutes away from the climax. Mm -hmm. Like even if you completely lost sight of how much time has passed, you can feel that tension Mm -hmm. and you know you're about to hit the climax. Well, a lot of times when you're first starting to write, uh, you'll feel that tension 20% in yeah, or you won't feel that tension at all and then suddenly everything's blowing up and you're like wait
0: what? Where did this come from? Yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah So you really want to allow the developmental editor to focus on that
0: so this is kind yeah. of come to me so if this if I've written my story and maybe I've got my first draft then my developmental editor can say okay here's where your plot holes are here's where your pacing issues are and then mm-hmm. you're going to get that manuscript back and then start doing your your rewrites and mm-hmm. um, your revision we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. Where you, where you might, as a developmental, come back and be like, all right, I think I've discovered what your theme is, but it's not consistent the whole way through, things like that.
1: Right, so, and a good developmental editor will also help you figure out where, sometimes scenes are out of order. Like, mm-hmm. hey, what if you move this fight later on? Or mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And they may come up with stuff that, you set up for, but you never thought of. Mm. Um, And it's very important to uh, try to incorporate it. You know, like, you don't want them to take over your story. If you find a developmental editor that does seem like she's trying to hijack your story, maybe find a new one. Mm. Um, But, you know, you want to be open to the feedback because they know what they're doing. And um, and it's going to hurt. You're going to have your defenses up when you get someone who comes in and is trying to you know, get their paws into your story, but it's, it's good and it's going to be better and have a stiff drink and then deal with it the next day. You know, don't, (laughs) don't try and
0: do it right away. I I think that's a really good advice. Whenever I get uh, feedback from an editor, I always sit on it first. I I get, I get mad in my head. I'm like, oh, they have no idea what they're talking about, but I don't actually respond at all until I read it again. And and with an open mind and I'm like, ah, they're pretty right about this. This is actually a really good idea. And I'm, right anyone
1: who who tells you that you shouldn't feel really offended when you get something back from an editor like they're just not in touch you know they're not because it's it hurts no matter what it is even my proofreads i get back sometimes Mm -hmm. when it's like oh you did this wrong word i'm like you don't know what i was trying to say and then i'm like okay come on yeah like chill out take a hot bath get back to this
0: so once we've gotten our our major content in the right places and things Mm -hmm. like that obviously um, we wanted to kind of do that first because uh, getting into the weeds of more detailed editing or copy editing or proofreading things like that obviously we don't want to have to have done that because now we've wasted a bunch of time because scenes might have just completely gotten chucked or rewritten and such
1: yeah and just mentally if you have put a lot of work into uh, specific passages Mm -hmm. if those passages don't need to be there It's going to hurt a lot more to part with them. Mm -hmm. So you're just trying to get the bare bones in the right place, and you know, flesh it out as much as you can, Mm -hmm. but don't really get in there and mess too much with the language um, until you've gotten it back from the developmental editor. And you know, it may be that you get it back from the developmental editor, and you want to make some changes, and then send it back to them. That's fine. A lot of people don't do that; just expense. Yeah. but, yeah, once you have it down, then you want to get in there and make the language pretty. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, get hit the tone right. If, it's a, if you're doing some sort of thriller action, you want to go in and weed down the really long sentences and make it more punchy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you get to be, like, your frilly artist um, and really let your own voice in there. I mean, your voice is going to be in there in the first draft, but, you know, really... Decide. Okay, what tone do I want for this scene? How am I going to use the, the tools in my kit to make it that way?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then once you do that, you'll send it to. Ideally, if you do this process, you'll send it to a uh, copy editor or a line editor. I guess. Um, I don't know. I think I think that comes more from like news papers yeah. and journalism and stuff. But industry. That wasn't, yeah. So it's. A copy editor, is just or whoever, whatever they call themselves, is going to go through and make sure that, you know, they're going to pick up any errors that they see, um, but they're not going to be going really in-depth. They're not necessarily going to be fact-checking. They might for you if that's something they offer. Um, they're not going to be reading it at such a fine, like coming through with, or going through with such a fine-tooth comb that they're going to find all your typos. So you can't rely on them for that. So you really want to give the con or the copy editor as clean of a manuscript as you can because they will be tripped up on excessive typos, missing, you know, ending quotation marks, or if you just have run on sentence after, you know, you want to give it to them as clean as possible so that they don't have to be a word janitor yeah. because that is the temptation that a lot of people will do a first draft, give it to a content editor. And just expect them to clean up the mess. Um, and, and you can do that. And there are a lot of people who offer that service for very, very cheap. But if you're, if you want someone to really help you with the language and make sure that it flows, make sure you're not being redundant and not, you know, there's not a bunch of echoes. I'm like, my writing style, I have a ton of echoes. Mm. I, you know, I'll get stuck on a word and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use precarious 10 times in this paragraph. (laughs) And, you know, then I go back and I'm like, oh, God.
0: Yeah. You know, so that, and that's how the with.
1: human brain works a lot of yeah.
0: times. Yeah. Uh, especially
1: my dumb human brain. But, I, uh.
0: I'm right there with you. I, yeah,
1: so, and that stuff, and you can't possibly see it, but you want to clean it up as much as possible, learn your own, you know, your own, uh, stumbling blocks so that when you give it to the content or the copy editor, uh, he or she can, can do some like actual magic and you'll get it back and you'll go. Oh, that sentence that I like was really struggling with, they fixed it and it sounds so much better. Yeah. And it, you'll just be like, oh, this is the real book now.
0: It flows, yeah. We had a, a question, an, an advanced question. Um, mm-hmm. Marilyn asks, for Claire, do you have a checklist to look at and make sure a story you are editing has all the right elements? Do you use a checklist for this?
1: No. Um, yeah. Well, it depends on if I've, if I've worked with that author a lot and i know some of their um quirks mm-hmm. then it's like okay i know that there i need to do like something as simple as a, a control f search for there there and there because that's really easy to mm-hmm. overlook
0: when mm-hmm. you're
1: reading through it or your your or, you know like sometimes i do that when i was working in house i had a lot of checklists mm-hmm. um because it was just you have to move through so quickly that your mind's gonna skip over some dumb stuff um So that yes, I had a whole checklist of like um, homophone errors, and you know, I would write people's names down with the spelling because a lot of the times people get the spelling. That was more on the the copy editing side um, because I didn't really do proofreads there. It was the the copy editor was also supposed to be the proofreader. So for that kind of stuff, there is a good checklist, Um, but it varies so much from person to person, from author to author, what they need that. I don't think you can do everything. Yeah. Right? Like, you're not trying to make this the perfect book as an editor. You're trying to find, okay, what can I leverage to make this as good as it can be Mm. as cheaply as possible for this person?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's probably, might be more helpful for the author themselves to keep a list of things that they messed up on the previous book or things that they messed up on this book so that those are things you don't introduce into your next book that right. you write. I mean, theoretically, every time you do this, you should be learning something new, getting a little bit better at this. Um,
1: right. And I don't think that it's um, healthy. Like there are, when I'm, when I'm doing like a, say copy edit, because content edit, it's, I mean, there are, you could technically do a checklist, but it's a little bit more abstract. And I don't think that a checklist would necessarily, you know, benefit because mm-hmm. it's more about like, you're reading a scene, you're going, ah, this is not, you know, it's just, it's kind of like the smell test. You just gotta kind of go, nope, not not here. Okay, let's see what's going on here and really get into it rather than like checking off, okay, uh, you know, character arc for protagonist, secondary characters, you know, no extraneous secondary characters, you know. And that would be awful to do just from an editing perspective. But for content editing or for copy editing, you could technically do that. But I think if you're going to try and fix everything for an author, um, there is like a point at which the benefit of mm. it is like diminishing returns because they're going to get a manuscript yeah. back that's so you know covered in corrections that it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so and like, most it's... authors don't care that much. Like they don't want to be, you know, like they they don't care about the language being so perfect so much as like is it correct.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. It
1: so you kinda
0: really have to story. know your audience and who you're working with too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, and anyone else who's watching, thank you for that question. If there are more questions or more comments, definitely just just throw them up there and we'll try to get to them. We had a um comment pop up from Scott King says, Hey, that's Claire. She's smart and mostly funny, but she's also oh. a good person, though she doesn't like to admit it. Scott, uh I'm sorry stuff. I rolled my eyes and <laughs> you have now Scott I <laughs>
1: Compliment, jeez.
0: Um <laughs> Previous guest of the show, Scott, and he's uh, also a fun, very fun guy.
1: Noted heckler.
0: Noted heckler. Yeah, doing doing what he does best. Um, so thank you, Scott, for the comment. And like I said, if anyone else has comments uh, throughout the episode while we're live, if you want to throw those up, we'll try to answer them. If or if you want more compliments
1: for me, more compliments for them. Claire.
0: And um, if you or if you're watching the replay uh, later, feel free to throw up some questions anyway. We can uh, potentially get in the comments later and have Claire answer those questions uh, after the fact as well so feel free if you're watching the replay just keep on asking questions no no problems but um, uh, so we talked a little bit about uh, the different types of editing and mm-hmm. you have a particular uh, I know you you were building uh, sort of a new program where you're gonna actually gonna be helping people out doing some coaching on mm-hmm. story structure can you tell us a little bit about, about that
1: yeah it's kind of yeah it's kind of coaching it's more like um emergency services okay um but it's so it's called the story alignment it's currently in beta uh just because i want to make sure my process is as streamlined as possible i don't want to waste people's time you know on calls and that sort of thing um, but basically what i will be doing is people will fill out an intake form about their story people who are having trouble either you know sometimes you get stuck and you're like i need to get from point you know, end to point Q in this mm-hmm. story, and I don't yeah. know how to do that. Yeah. Or, um, you know, your characters just aren't that interesting, or you're getting bored with the story, which is a huge red flag. Yeah, Because um, if you're getting bored with the story, your readers are going to be bored, because they're going to feel it, or it's a sign that your story is boring. Mm.
0: Uh, so
1: <laughs> you want to fix that before you keep pushing forward. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, or if you have writer's block or if you just have a great story and you want to make it uh, richer so that it's prime for a second reading, a third reading, it makes those mega fans, um, or it's really meaningful to you and you aren't quite sure the best way to, you know, really convey that. All these little mm-hmm. things that are actually pretty quick fixes. Um, I'm going to be offering like half-hour calls and hour calls and then I'll have a package of four hours for people who want to buy it at the start of a book. Cause sometimes, you know, once you get going and you have written a handful of books, you know, like, oh, this one's going to be a pain in the ass. Mm. And you can, you can buy that and have that sounding board. You can do it an hour before to kind of make sure you're in the right track and you're developing things and maybe one midway through and then, you know, towards the end. So it's, it's going to be various packages. And of course, if someone wants something special, I'm not a difficult person to work with. Well, (laughs) we have to ask my husband about that. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so it's it's going to be the like on the call on call kind of thing. Um, Generally, it's going to be like oh, schedule it two days in advance, just so you know I can have a weekend and people. But there will be like a text clear now uh, option and
0: emergency uh, as long
1: as I'm not sleeping or right uh, now watching World Cup or (laughs) um, you know
0: who are you rooting for?
1: Who am I rooting for?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. Like, I kind of, I like watching Germany play, Mm. but I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be, and see, now we're recording this, and so I'm going to be held to it, but I don't think it's uh, the year of the really self-disciplined team. Like, Mm. it just seems to be the year of the scrappy, passionate team. I mean, like, I I could see Mexico getting to the semifinals.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, Okay.
1: And you know, it's just the style of play is so unpredictable. And then, of course, I like Iceland.
0: Yeah, I saw them putting up that wall, and that was just yeah. like they were not not yep. letting like Argentina have their day. So that was that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm sure we could wander off into, into World Cup topics another time. But um, yeah. Ernie Dempsey says says hello, also by the way. says, oh. two of my favorite people together in one power packed episode. That's right, power packed. That's that's what this is.
1: Yeah, thanks uh. for that tagline, Ernie. <laughs>
0: So um, one more time, could you tell us the name one more time of your service, that your up-and-coming service? Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to
1: be called the Story Alignment, and okay. it's going to actually be offered through my, my publishing media company, which is FFS media. FFS media. So it will be at ffs.media once it's launched. Okay. Cool. Um, and so if you want to, I guess if you want to, like, know about it, like, I don't have an email list set up, but if you want to know when it's live, you can just friend me on Facebook. I going to be obnoxious
0: about it, so you'll know. You anyway. um, yeah, you could do that too. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think it is a really powerful tool to just have someone to talk to. Because I've found that if I can explain my story out loud to mm-hmm. someone and it makes sense, then right. all of a sudden I know that I have a good story. And I can usually tell if I'm right. in the middle of explaining something and I get hit the wall, and I'm like, "This is the part I can't explain." That's yeah. probably the part that needs help. And, um,
1: right, and and so it's not like the service itself is not a teaching service. You know, Mm -hmm. it's for people like you who, it's like you know Mm -hmm. that your antagonist needs to be a foil for -hmm. your protagonist. Like, you know these things. You know how to create um, that tension. You know that it goes, you know, rising action, climax, and then Mm -hmm. falling action, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know Mm -hmm. all the basics. You've read the basic books. Um, You are really into it. But yeah, you just can't, sometimes you just can't get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you don't have time to go back and read the an entire book, and that's what I'm for because I go through and I read all those books all the time, yeah. and I'm obsessed with it, and I talk about it. And
0: yeah.
1: I'm what pretty are some- sure my husband's going to be happy that I stop deconstructing all the TV <laughs> shows we watch.
0: I know my wife's the same way. She's like, Mike, do you recognize what's happening now? Did you see the Save the Cat moment?" And he's like, yeah. uh, "What are some some books that you do recommend for people who are just starting out? Some of these craft books, maybe if they haven't gotten to this point yet, what are some of your go-to structural things?" Um, I mean, there's crap books that you think like like to have people in. think
1: of like some some um like quick ones. I mean, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of online resources that you can just mm-hmm. look for. Um, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the uh, what's it called? John Truby's story
0: is oh, it 22 mm-hmm. yes. elements of his storytelling something or something
1: like that. Yeah. Anatomy, yes, Anatomy of a story, right? Yes, that's yes. what it is.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: good, I don't even have to pull up my Kindle. Yeah. Um, that one's good. Uh, if you're just starting out, um, Alyssa Archer has a really good series about writing a book in a year, or a yeah. novel in a year. And so she takes you through all the processes of brainstorming and drafting and editing and marketing. Yeah. Um, it's mm-hmm. four separate books, and, and Alyssa knows her stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Google Alyssa Archer.
0: That's cool. And since Scott King is watching, we can him. And Scott, it. yeah,
1: Scott knows I'm, what he's doing. I'm yes. reading
0: his uh, How to Outline Your Novel book right now, and I'm enjoying it a lot because he's got a great, great. voice. So I'll, I'll plug <laughs> Scott while, while he's watching. Um, yeah. Thanks, Scott, for your book. Um, yeah, good book. Yeah, maybe I we, we can, when, uh, when you're not on the spot, maybe we can post up some links in the comments to Claire's favorite craft books. I'm you know, like
1: book. in, in such a, like, like, fugue state about books. I'm trying to do that. Hundred book challenge this year, and That's so right. I'm just cramming books, and I don't, yeah. I don't even remember the titles. <laughs>
0: um, I previewed this in the title of this um, video, so I am gonna gonna bring it mm-hmm. up just for a second. Okay. But you had a yeah. interesting blog post because you have a good blog following, and but one of your blogs recently was about the idea of um, kind of. Uh, planning to fail thing at some new things Mm -hmm. this year you're gonna like attempt some things that you haven't attempted before and you're gonna Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that that kind of idea what inspired it
1: um what inspired it well uh, failure is probably what holds most people back right it's Mm -hmm. this fear of failure and it looks a lot it looks different ways to different people what Mm -hmm. failure looks like for me uh, public humiliation is you know, it's kind of up there, but mostly it's like for me, it's putting myself out there, and people going, "Oh, that's she's a terrible person," hmm. you know. So that, which good thing, I write religious satire. Right? That doesn't <laughs> no one me ever, anything.
0: No one ever criticizes that. Um,
1: a little bit counterphobic with that one, <laughs> but uh yeah. So, so these things that we hold ourselves back with uh, that I've wanted to do forever that people have said, "You got to do this," and I'm like, hmm. "I know," and then you just don't prioritize it because it's. The resistance to it is, is so great. Mm. Um, so I'm, my thought process is if I can learn to enjoy failure, uh, that's pretty powerful. Mm. And, you know, that's, I think for anyone is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, but can one enjoy failure? I don't know. I think I have, I have some theories brewing about this. So okay. this is kind of a social experiment, because maybe by definition, failure is not enjoying what you're doing, or, you know, whatever.
0: Maybe, yeah. Um, I think, I'm, I'd i be curious to follow along with your, with your um, attempts, and what your results are like. It's been a little I...
1: bleak lately, I'll, I'll <laughs> blog posts have been a little bleak. Um, but yeah, so so this is going to be stuff like um, getting published in McSweeney's, which I've never done. I just got a rejection for it, and it felt great.
0: There you go.
1: Uh, yeah, so Solid I, Solid attempt, know. then. Check. Yeah, it, it didn't hurt to fail on that one. Um, publishing a book that's been really difficult for me to write. Mm. Uh, working on some stand-up. I'm going to do an open mind night. I am.
0: That's a big... Uh, that would probably be on some people's like things worse than dying list. And you're, you're going well, for we'll it. We'll
1: see how less. it goes. It may make it onto mine.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think you're going to do great. I can imagine if you put together a good set, I'm sure I would laugh.
1: Um, well, you would have to, or we wouldn't be
0: exactly. <laughs> That's right. Obligatory laughs. All right. Yep.
1: Oh, I'll take them. Uh, but so so I'm just trying to blog every day. I think I missed Monday because I had a really good date night, which I'm not going like, you know, to get too into that. But it was just kind of like I was in a good mood, and I forgot to blog about failure. Whoops. Um, mm. But generally, I'm blogging six days a week, okay, uh, taking cool. Sundays off, you know. No failing on the Lord's Day. <laughs> and uh and then just trying to keep it up for the summer. Okay. So
0: if people are interested in your blog, where can they find it?
1: It is hclaireblogs.com. dot okay. com. Alright, cool. Um and it's you know, I've been keeping it up for a few years now, pretty off and on, but there's some fun stuff on there. And yeah. if you comment, it would be great because <laughs> right now it's just a bunch of spammers.
0: Oh gosh yeah
1: It'd be nice to have someone. There's one guy who was talking about how American women are terrible. It was like this copy paste, like, and it yeah. just kept showing up, like, American women are terrible. Get a mail order bride. And I was like, I'm tempted to improve this. Hmm.
0: Yeah, they're setting the bar kind of low on your comments. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. So like, you can even control me, and it's fine as so, long as you're like a legit person.
0: Yeah, be clever about it, and you're already going to win the comments section. On the yeah. Blog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very so. <laughs> Well, uh, it sounds like funny. I, I'm looking forward to following along and, and hearing some of your upcoming adventures and learning more about your, your story structure um, kind of process. and, and uh, Yeah,
1: launching that is one of the things that I'm going to try to embrace failure on.
0: Okay. Well, I'm hoping... It sounds like it's going to be a wild success to me. I think that's something that's very... Well, I hope so, but it
1: is, it's very hard to claim uh, expertise, even when you are an expert.
0: Yeah. So that is too but there Lots are there are live. many there are many people who claim to be experts who are not good at what they do so yeah you know this is it's true I would rather have someone who is good do you want to name
1: good. some names maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll have to just come up with some sort of review system and when you get some glowing gold star reviews then we'll we'll know okay. that people mm-hmm. like you um finally I'll know <laughs> uh all right, so um, we somehow whizzed through half an hour already, so th- this went by really quickly, um, mm-hmm. as, as expected. But um, So if anyone... We're probably going to wrap things up here in a couple minutes, but if people are watching, like I said, if you're uh, late to the party or if you have uh, comments for Claire, if you're watching the replays, um, feel free to shoot them up. I'm going to... Um, Uh, have this ongoing for a while so Claire I'm sure will be happy to come back and answer your comments and questions or uh, give you a little bit more advice if you are struggling with story structure, things like that
1: Yeah, you can have me on a third time so I can you know, be the the most, officially the most not tied first, the most loyal
0: All right, let's start a competition you and Chris can can find it out figure it out Okay. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Um, Claire thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate you, you you sparing time on your, in your busy day and, and, and coming on and hanging out with us. My pleasure. Yeah. All right. Then we will talk to you again soon. Thank you everyone for watching. And, uh, we've got another episode next week, so stick around and we'll talk to you then. Right. See ya.